My name is Connor and I'm one of the pastors here at Whitewater and I am honored to hang out with you. We are in a series called Solve 7 Summer of Love and Solve 7 is our drive to remove physical barriers to make way for spiritual opportunities. And if you were not here with us two weeks ago, in my family that was an emotional and extremely, uh, I'm so proud. Two weeks ago, it was healing the sick was the problem that we were talking about in Solve 7. And my wife got to share her story, and I am so stinking proud of you for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you. Love you, babe. So let me just say that if this is your first time here with us, or maybe you've been hanging out for a couple of weeks now, let me just say that in my family's all-time low, not knowing what would happen with Abby's faith. Let me just tell you that God stepped up and stepped in and God's people stepped up and stepped in and they prayed for us and they loved us. And man, we feel so loved and I will not spoil it for you. But let me just tell you that a miracle happened, y'all. A miracle happened. And I am so thankful for God being on the move. Thank you, babe, I love you. And go check that out. And last week, JT asked for 5,000 pairs of underwear. Yes, you heard me. We need undies, y'all. Lots and lots of undies. 5,000 pairs. If you and your inner middle schooler just needs to come out and giggle a little bit, because we need undies, then just go there, okay? (laughs) Which brings us perfectly to this week. Our Solve 7 problem for this week is clothe the poor. We're going to talk about clothing the poor today. When you think of clothes, what thoughts, emotions, or memories come to mind. For me, I have a love-hate relationship with clothes. If you ask Abby, she will confirm with you that I am very weird about my clothes and very particular about my clothes. And uh, let me explain. Wrinkles are from the devil, okay? (laughs) And in my house, we have a very real monster in our dryer that regularly steals my socks. Pray for me, I know. And don't even get me started about shrunken shirts, okay? (laughs) They're awful. And let me just tell you that John has told me that there is fabric, there's shirts that exist where you can throw them in the washer and the dryer for however long and at any temperature and they won't shrink. And I think he is lying. Anyways, so just so you know (laughs) that in heaven there will be no more uh, shrunken shirts and sock monsters and wrinkles, amen. And for some of us, we have a love-love relationship with clothes, like you love clothes. Clothes is your jam, like the amount of Amazon boxes delivered to your house in the last 18 months was astronomical. (laughs) You love clothes and maybe your shopping sprees went from monthly to weekly to, you just love clothes, okay, if this is you. And some of us have a hate-hate relationship with clothes. Maybe growing up, you couldn't afford new shoes or even shoes that fit for that matter. So maybe the place you called home didn't have a washer or dryer, so the clothes that you wore were often dirty or smelly. Maybe you had a, never had a new shirt, or maybe you got made fun of because of the clothes that you wore. I reached out to a few of our local school leaders. You know who you are. We love you. We are so thankful for the difference that you are making And I sent him him an email and said, hey, can you send me any encounters, any interactions that you've had with kiddos and clothes in the last few weeks? And I want to read you just one story that they sent me. 
One particular girl in my building was troubled. She had been abandoned by her father. Her mother was in and out of jail. She came to us because her brother dropped out of the military to take custody of her. Mom was being put back into jail and they called the brother and said, you can either come home and take custody of her or she goes back into the system. I quickly formed a relationship with her and she would always step into my office and would always mention my outfits. One particular day she came to my door while I was in an online meeting. I answered the door but told her I was in a meeting and I would call her down when it was over. I shut the door and went back to my desk to continue the meeting. But next thing I know, a piece of paper was slid under my door and the note said, I stink, kids notice, I need you. Obviously I turned off my camera and opened the door to let her in The clothes that she had, they were very slim in amount, apparently lay on the floor due to not having her own bedroom and she was sleeping on the couch. The family cat sprayed on them and I went to our school stash and found some sweatshirts, a a sweatshirt that was her size, but it was far from cool or anything that the kids would wear. We had been gifted a box of sweatshirts that had huge moths on the front of it. And I gave it to her and told her to change in my bathroom and and, and I would wash her sweatshirt and would get it back to her by the end of the day. She then said, everyone will know that I changed my clothes and they'll ask why I'm wearing this. Again, I, I told her to wait. I came back into my office a few minutes later. I love this. Wearing a matching sweatshirt and told her, I will walk her back to class. And if anybody asks you anything, just tell them that I gave you that sweatshirt. So as you can imagine, the sweatshirt made its way into one of her normal rotations of her outfits, and we made sure to get her a Tupperware container to put her clothes in. Ugh, the things we take for granted, the school administrator concluded. And if you're like me, when you hear stories like that, it's, you hate it. You're filled with rage. You, but even though you hate it, it's like the problem just seems too overwhelming. Like, what in the world can I do? How can I make a difference? There are other people that are more experienced than me. Well, what I love about Saul 7 is that we have designed it so that we all can contribute. Everybody and the sound of my voice can make a difference. So team, there's a lot of work to do. So team, let's go. If you are ready, turn over to the person next to you and tell them, let's go. If you are watching online and you are ready to go, then type it in the chat, let's go, let's go. Here are three things that you and I need to do in order to make a difference in our communities and around the world when it comes to close. Number one. Get rid of the clothes you don't need. Get rid of the clothes you don't need. The key word there is need, not want, but need. So real talk, how much clothes do you think we actually need? 
A few weeks ago, I was working out at the gym and I was listening to a podcast. We got any podcasters in the house? Okay. Yeah, and I discovered these guys called the minimalists. Anybody heard of them before? Okay, and the minimalists are these guys that, that basically they talk about how we are happier with less. And they have a movie out on Netflix right now called Less Is Now. You should go and check it out. Some of you are maybe more familiar with Marie Kondo, who also has some stuff out on Netflix. But the minimalist has this 30-day challenge, which I, I found was actually pretty interesting. So Abby and I decided to step up and take the challenge. And the challenge is on day one, you get rid of one thing. On day two, you get rid of two things. On day three, you get rid of three things. You, you get the point. But we decided to bend the rules a little bit. And we said, what if we got rid of just at least one thing for 30 days? And so we did. And, and honestly, the first two or three days, it was kind of painful. Like I got rid of a shirt and it was like, I might wear that in 2042, you know. <laughs> But it, after that, I found myself getting excited, actually, for the clothes that we would get rid of. And so for 30 days, we got a, a, rid of at least something. One day it was one thing. One day it was, it was 10 things. And I found myself excited going home from work and to get rid of something. And I bet that if you took the challenge too, you would feel the same way. And why is that? Why do you think that is? Well, I found that for me, I am actually happier with less. And I would argue that all of us, that we are happier with less. Abby and I got rid of four trash bags worth of clothes. Four trash bags, y'all. My goodness, and we were able to donate them. There's a box on campus here. It's a blue box in the parking lot with Matthew 25 ministries. And Matthew 25 takes those and sends them all over the world to bless people who are in need and who need shoes and clothes. Four bags in 30 days. That's so much stuff. We got rid of shorts and shirts and my toddler. <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe. They'll bring it back. It's, it's going to be fine. So question, if you took the challenge, how many trash bags do you think you would come up with right now? Here's a picture. I want to show you a picture of my closet. And I want to be really quick about this because some of you are judging me right now <laughs> about what I have in my closet. So AVL team, just take it down in about three seconds, okay? I feel violated and judged right now. <laughs> I still got clothes that I won't wear in the next year or two years or three, but I'm still on a journey and you can journey with me. You know, I was studying the, for this, this message and looking at what the Bible had to say about clothes. And what I realized is that these guys like the minimalist and uh, Maria Kondo, they were all saying stuff that was written in the Bible actually a long time ago. Jesus said in Luke chapter two, and he, Jesus, said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. It's like greed or jealousy. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. The value, your, va your value of your life is not determined by what you have. The value of your life is not determined by what you have or what you wear. That dress, that tank, those shoes ain't going to make your life feel complete in reality when you buy the things that you don't need and can't afford to impress people that you may not even like. 
it will leave you feeling more empty. You are not what you wear. Later on in Luke 12, Jesus said, sell your possessions. Didn't say keep them. Didn't say hoard them. He said, sell your possessions and give to the what? The needy. Provide for yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with treasures in heaven that do not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is saying, listen, when we have so much stuff, it's hard to move. But when God calls us to go and to do something, we need to be ready to respond. And my hope for you is that your treasure, what matters most is not your stuff and your clothes, but it's God and what Jesus is asking us to do. And by the way, Jesus is not asking us to hoard, but Jesus is asking us to go. It's like, it's like when you're on vacation and you go with a group of people and there's always that one person that decides to pack their whole wardrobe this is gonna be really therapeutic for me, so let me, just, let me just vomit it out real quick. Okay, can I do that? Is that okay? Okay, so they, they bring their wardrobe, they got this box fan, you know, they bring their whole toiletry bag, and not to mention they have another suitcase that's just for shoes. Not clothes, but shoes. And it is so hard to move when we have so much stuff. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? If Jesus called you right now, he's calling you, by the way. Are you ready to go? According to Forbes magazine, the U.S. apparel industry today is $12 billion a year in business. And the average American family spends $1,700 on clothes annually, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, therefore I tell you, can we just take a deep breath in right now and just soak in what Jesus is getting ready to tell us? Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is your life not more than food and the body more than, than clothing? And I love this. Jesus is teaching outside in front of a large group of people. And it's like Jesus looks up and he sees birds flying around. And he says, look, look at the birds. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? The answer is yes. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon, Solomon was a dude in the Old Testament, and God blessed him abundantly. Think Jeff Bezos abundantly, okay? Solomon had the dollar bills, he had the swag, he had the stuff. And Jesus said, not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these but if God so clothes the grass in the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 
Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Friends, don't let stuff get in the way of what matters most, of what's most important. Get rid of your stuff and the clothes that you don't need and your life will be cleaner and better and you won't miss the stuff that you get rid of. And if you do and you give to people in need, you have no idea the difference that you can make in someone's life. Number two, give clothes to the people in need. Give clothes to the people in need. My favorite part about the story with the student who is in desperate need of a, of a teacher, of a school administrator to step in, is that that school administrator responded and was like Jesus in the story and said, hey, let me walk with you. I got you. I'll, I'll help you feel safe and protected and valued. And this reminds me of a passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 25. And he, this is Jesus talking, he said, and then the king, Jesus, Jesus is the king, in case you didn't know, will say to those on the right, come, all who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was, come on somebody, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And when did we see you? Jumping down to verse 39, these people asked. When did we see you sick? We're in prison and visit you. And the king answered them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. This verse is inspiring and challenging because Jesus is the person who stinks at school and Jesus is the homeless person under the bridge and Jesus is the sick person in need of help and this brings a whole new perspective on people needing help and I love the world that Jesus is painting here. It's a world filled with Jesus followers who say yes and respond to people's needs like the school administrator helping the student. But this verse is also terrifying because there will come a day when you and me and all of us will stand before the king Jesus, and he will separate those on the right, the sheep, and the left, the goats, and y'all, it ain't gonna be good for the goats. And so my hope and my prayer for you is that you don't live another day without knowing that God loves you so much, that you matter to him, and he is inviting you on the greatest rescue mission of all mankind for all time to love people and redeem a broken world back to him. There's a term that describes clothes and the way that they make us feel and think. It's called enclothed cognition. For those of you science teachers in the room, please forgive my awful explanation of enclothed cognition, okay? But scientists performed a couple of experiments. And one group wore normal clothes and another group wore normal clothes. But group number two wore clothes with a, a, a doctor's white jacket over them. And, and they had a, a series of tests so one group did it and the other group did it and what they found is that the group that wore doctor's coats scored much higher than the group that did not have doctor's coats. Our clothes make us feel a certain way, don't they? You might have heard the saying, dress for the job you want or 
hey, if you want to be athletic, then wear athletic clothes. If you want to feel business-like, then dress in business clothes. Clothes do affect how we feel. And just imagine what the girl at school was feeling. I smell. Kids notice. I need you. What we wear doesn't define who we are, but it does impact the way we feel about ourselves. And this sweet little girl's story is unfortunately the story of so many people all over the world. Kids in Uganda walking for miles without shoes. Adults in Russia freezing to death without a coat. Teenagers in Cincinnati not wanting to go back to school right now because they don't have shoes that fit. And we have a chance to step in. This is what Psalm 7 is about. We have a chance to step in and say, nope, not today, Satan. You don't get to use this barrier anymore to keep people from hope. And see, when we give clothes, we give so much more than just clothes. Jesus is calling. I'm learning. You got it. You got it. When we give clothes, we give so much more than clothes. We give hope. Now remember at the beginning when I said that Solve 7 is our drive to remove physical barriers to create spiritual opportunities. Y'all remember that? Well, the truth is, is that all of us needs new clothes. Whether you're a person in need of clothes or you're the person in need of purging clothes, we all need new clothes. And Jesus can give us new clothes. There's a theme throughout the Bible and it uses clothes as a metaphor for our connection with God and life and people. Check this out in Ephesians chapter four. It says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Taking off the old and putting on the new. Somebody say taking off the old. Y'all can do better than that, come on. Somebody say taking off the old. There we go. Somebody say putting on the new. There we go. The Bible describes us as being adopted into God's family, that we are his sons and we are his daughters, and he loves us so very much. But life happens, and we get messy. I don't know about you, but I'm messy. I got problems. I got stuff. I got clothes. Y'all already seen I have stuff, okay? (laughs) But I'm not talking about clothes stuff. I'm talking about life stuff. Like the stuff that makes us feel guilty and and the Bible uses the word sinful and and shameful. So the thing that happened last week, you didn't plan on it. You didn't even really mean for it to happen, but it did. Maybe it, it wasn't just last week, 
Maybe it was last night. Maybe it was a decade ago. And the weight of the guilt is almost unbearable. Maybe you've been struggling with something that you've tried to quit for years. I've tried this, I've tried that, and I just can't seem to quit. That's an addiction, by the way. Maybe it's public. Maybe it's private. Maybe you feel like, man, I'm living this double life, and if they only found out, maybe somebody has already discovered my, my deep, dark secret. No matter what you do, you just can't. You just can't seem to let it go. You just can't seem to shake it, so it just, just eats at you. Maybe, maybe that family member, my guess would be a father figure, that family member where you so desperately need their approval, you just want to hear them say, I love you, or well done, or good job. And no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get them to say, I love you, that they're proud of me. Do they even notice? Do they even know that I'm here? Do they even know I exist? Maybe you relocated your family. Things didn't work out very well. Maybe over, over COVID you lost your job. You just feel like such a failure. Maybe you took that test You've been studying for so hard for so long. Didn't get the results that you wanted. Maybe the thing that happened to you was the unthinkable. Maybe you were taken advantage of as a kid. Maybe you're in a relationship right now and they were nice. They were really nice at the beginning. But now, and so just, you're just so angry at the things that they've done to you. You're angry at them. You're angry at the world. You're angry at yourself. You just feel like no matter what you do, it's just this, ringing sound in your soul and you just can't get over it. And so you just feel like it's been holding you back. There we go. And holding you down for so long. Anybody ever felt like this before? A mess? far from God, hit rock bottom. Maybe you being here right now was literally just a last ditch effort. Maybe you got a text from a friend. Maybe you were driving down the road and just happened to see a weird hope sign on 128 and said, man, 
I don't know where to go. I am living without hope right now, but I'll check out church and maybe just try it. Maybe just maybe I'll experience some hope. You felt like a mess before? I know for me, I have. But for me, see, I grew up in church and so I knew all the right answers. I knew the words to say so that on the outside, I could look nice and pretty and have it all together. But on the inside, my soul was, man, it was dying and I was broken and the addictions that I, that I was trying to keep from the world discovering, it was eating at me and people pleasing was just, it was just so overwhelming. And so ironically, uh, a friend invited me to youth group and I, ironically, the youth pastor that day was talking about how we don't need to get cleaned up in order to go to God. We don't need to get cleaned up and all of our stuff put together in order to go to God. But that is why Jesus, that's why God sent his son Jesus down to earth. He lived a perfect life and died on a cross. Why? Why would Jesus do that? so that he could take our stuff, so that he could take our mess. And so it was that night where looking back, I would tell you that that was my but God moment. That was my but God moment where I decided, man, I don't have this thing figured out. I don't have it all together. This is why Christians who were crazy about Jesus the weird dude who invited me to youth group. <laughs> he was weird. He was, a, he was a Jesus freak. But this is why he was weird. Because he had a but God moment. Because he knew what Jesus had did for him. He recognized that he didn't have to walk in his stuff anymore. That Jesus had stepped into his story and said, nope, I'll take it. No matter, no matter what, what he's done, no matter, no matter what you've done. You mean Jesus wants to take this? This is a mess. Yeah, and he died to prove it. So my question to you this morning is are you willing to give your old self, your stuff to Jesus? And are you willing to let Jesus clothe you with new clothes, to step into a relationship with the Father, <laughs> personal relationship? Not your mom, not your sister, not your grandparents, but you. This is personal. And a churchy way of saying it is, are you willing to lay your stuff at the cross, at the feet of Jesus? Are you willing? Jesus gave us new clothes. Are you willing to take off the old and put on the new?